Welcome to the Chuan Chuan Podcast, a bilingual podcast where every episode we use English and Chinese to explore various social, cultural, and contemporary issues in the aim of giving our listeners a useful tool to improve either or both their English or Chinese language ability. This is part two of the Black Lives Matter podcast. Yeah. Okay. So there's another side to the argument, right? So why why these communities see a lot of violence, and it could be like、uh, driven by a lot of、uh, poverty and drugs as well. But then there's also theories about how like weed and、uh, crack and all of these kind of drugs were placed in these communities to like make make them、uh, worse, basically. If you have populations that Spend time apart from each other. Their genetics will differ, right? Okay. So it'd be weird if everyone just came out the same after we've spent time、yeah. apart, and we could see that、um, through like physical characteristics. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So it would be unusual if we came out of this evolutionary process. If all the different races came out of this evolutionary process with with the same level of anything, whether that be intelligence, average height, skin color. Um, you could probably list yeah, a whole bunch of features. Yeah, if we're talking about an the, average the, of a、yeah. particular population or particular、uh, segment of population, and it could be anything, you can divide. You can you can say that like about any segment of population, right? So I can take the mean of people in the UK and then take the mean of population in any other country and then compare them and say that actually racially these people are different. And even if they are a little bit less intelligent and、uh, more violent. Is that really the cause of them being in,、uh, like, of the statistics that are shown in terms of them creating crime, or is there a much bigger driver, such as economical drivers, that account up to like ninety-five percent probably of it, rather than the genetics? Because if that's the case, then we can't stop at the no, they're just genetically that, and we leave black people to do that, right? It has to be no, there's other factors, and I'm I'm not even saying that that. Uh, wh- whatever I've said is true. I'm just saying, giving an example. Yeah. So I would say the thing about talking about genetics, like let's assume is true for a moment. I would use that information to say, like, okay, so if you look at yourself on a personal level, it's often useful to know what your weaknesses are, so you can work on that, right? So my theory is that if we could have an, if this was true and we could have an honest conversation about it, we could say, look, we may be really good at like music and sports and stuff. But this is an area where we're weak, so we should try to generate a culture that compensates for that. So, why is it that、um, Asians are always really want to study hard?、Um, like maybe we should do that too, because we we need that. We seem to need it more than they do. If if the if the IQ statistics are true, so. But I think black culture just doesn't、um, celebrate academic achievement, and it seems crazy that. It's like that because the black community needs、yeah. it the most, needs that culture the yeah, most. Yeah, but apart from Nigerians, Lee, Nigerians do really, really well generally across the globe. Do you remember? Do you remember that girl that came to our school? Yeah, she was the youngest girl to ever graduate from Oxford. Yeah, she has. A, I think she was Nigerian. Exactly. So, like, maybe Nigerians, under your theory, are genetically prone to be academically or or everything more superior than everyone else. It's definitely possible, yeah. I think it seems that Nigerians are like pretty smart、um, compared to like other groups. <laughs>、oh, okay, 
Yeah, so I think, but you, you've touched, we've touched on three aspects of what, uh, can make like a, um, a part of the population like more violent or, uh, commit more crimes, right? We've touched on like them, their cultural aspect as well, where they don't value education, their genetics, and then the economics as well. So, like, in my opinion, I think all three probably contribute in some way or another. Um, but what we really should find out is what is, what is contributing more so that we can make more change quicker. Can I go back to James's point really quickly? Cause, uh, before I forget. So you just mentioned like there's economical, the cultural and the genetic portion, right? And this is all like, um, the, the economical, economical, cultural and genetic disposition of that particular race. So say black people, we're not even talking about outside influence. So is it, majority because of these three reasons and that just around black people or is it because white people and other races have oppressed them to the point where like we they are the problem that we are oppressing them and then that that they are not able to flourish because of other other races and i think that's the key thing right so is black lives matter is is basically saying that it's like 99 percent or 90 percent other people oppressing them or is it 90 percent their original position and we need to help bring them up but like pushing, telling other races that they're, you know, ruining black lives doesn't help the problem in a sense. If it's 90% the predisposition of the original race. Yeah, I, I agree. So as soon as it's, I think, economical, then we need to really look at it, uh, look at it from a systemic oppression point of view. If it's a little bit cultural, then it's less so other people influencing your culture, right? Um, and then if it's genetic, then there's no oppression there. So that's what. I think as soon as it becomes like economical factors are the majority of the factors, and I think it is, then you have to look at the systems that are in place that keep people poor. So wait, so sorry, I think I missed that a little bit. So you're saying that we have to figure out if it is other people oppressing black people or if it is something intrinsic. The thought experiment I like to do for myself is like, would I rather be born, and this is very selfish, but would I rather have been born in the UK? even though my ancestors have gone through slavery and all that stuff, um, or would I be better off if slavery never happened at all when I was born in Africa? And and if Africa never had any interaction with the West? Well, if Africa never had any interaction with the West, they wouldn't have any technology. So the idea that um, it's other people holding the, the black people back doesn't seem to have any weight to it. Right, okay. yeah. I think... I think this statement can be best answered by reading this book called Why Nations Fail. <laughs> Everything that you're saying is um, detailed in that book. When you TLDR us on what that says. Well, it's, it's, it's very, very long. But um, essentially, if we're going to thank all of this technological uh, improvement down to the Western world, I think that's a little bit short-sighted. Yeah, we have to remember that... Uh a lot of the prosperity from the West comes from uh, taking from others, right? No, 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 no. It's not even that. It, 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 it's an ac- it was an accident. It's, it was an accident, essentially. Essentially, what happened in the Western world is that they found more freedom earlier. So if you look at the world before the Industrial Revolution, m- much of it was run the same, which was there was a king. And there were every, everyone, there was everyone else and they basically worked in order to serve the king. And then what happened in the UK was that the lords who then amassed a lot of business, they started to want to take away power from the king. 
and then form their own coalition, which would then be the members of parliament. And because they took away power from the king, forcefully, might I add, because the king didn't want this, the Industrial Revolution actually started to begin in the UK. And if you look in America, America, when they first had settlers over there, they also wanted to have a kingdom where there was a king and there was people who served the king in America. But the settlers over there, they didn't want it. And so they revolted. And that's why they had a constitution and they set up the first democracy. And then if you look in Australia, it also happened like that. But if you look at South America, where they also got colonized by Europeans, but this time Spanish people, the people of the South Americas weren't able to um, allow the king of Spain to relinquish his power. And so South America, Central America, all the Spanish-speaking countries, they never were able to economically develop as quickly as those of their English counterparts. So, so what you're saying is basically that um, these revolutions happened by happenstance or luck, and that allowed a republic or a democracy to start, which allowed the Industrial Revolution, which allowed automation, and allowed us to kind of create technologies first before the rest of the world. They happened because democracy was on the right. Freedom came and then we had the Industrial Revolution. And if you look at other countries where freedoms are coming, such as African countries like Botswana, you can see that countries like that are way economically further along than their peers. So you look at South America, where's freedom most um, widely accepted? It will be Chile and Brazil. And the Chilean and the Brazilian economy are much more further ahead than their peers. And if you look at Asia, we can say South Korea and Japan and to uh, Singapore. All of these countries have more freedoms than their counterparts. And so they're more economically ahead than their counterparts. Do you mind? Because I think, I, we, I think we, you've made your point quite well. Okay. Um, but we're, the, the issue was, you know, is, is everyone else oppressing black people? And that's why. Let's forget about African-Americans for a moment, just Africa in general. Is that why Africa is behind? Right? No, Africa's behind um, because there's lots of corruption. And All right. So, but is that what we're talking about, though? Are, are we talking about uh, whether they've made the country more prosperous um, over time and, like, yeah, has benefited uh, Africa by colonizing it? Or have they taken away from the quality of life of the people that used to live there? Even... Um, in Asia, like Hong Kong and Singapore were the best places to be in Asia for a long time. And they, you know, had the influence of, of the British. I don't know the history, yeah. but like, um, do you think that, I mean, you were telling me, you were saying that obviously everyone's from Africa, everyone started in Africa. Um, if you're in a place that isn't prosperous or you feel like, you know, it's not going anywhere, you will leave. That's what immigrants do, right? They emigrate to another country. So, you know, a lot of Chinese and Asians immigrated to the UK and the US in the last 100, 200 years, right? Because they're looking for a better life because they feel like it's not going well there. Do you feel like this may have happened throughout history? Like everyone started in Africa and everyone that felt like it wasn't going well just left and started other countries and colonized other areas. And they're almost going all the way around again. Like they've done well in other other places like the UK and in America and they've come back and colonizing, you know, back towards Africa and Asia again, in a way. It's definitely possible. So an argument I've heard is that if you're, I mean, maybe they wouldn't have left because they were looking for somewhere better. Maybe they, uh, I wouldn't want to say the reasons why they left the continent, but ultimately if you do decide to leave, 
um, especially if you're heading like north into colder climates, then if you can't sort of think well and plan for the future, you're just not going to survive. So then you're going to have a selection pressure evolutionarily for people who can plan long term. Um, and that is kind of what intelligence is. I don't really want to get into a big debate about what it is, but a part of, a part of it is definitely being able to plan and like, actually, yeah, well yeah. And, I had like, a crazy theory about this the as winter well, that, like um, that. until the aircom was invented, you want to be in like the UK, the US, like in the northern climates where you don't have to deal with 35 degree weather eight months of the year or all year round, basically. That's but, interesting, actually. Lee, but that Lee. wouldn't be as, yeah. There's evidence that um, there were African people in the Americas like since 10, 12,000 years ago that they had um, sailed from Africa to South America and been there for thousands of years before European settlers. But well, yes. But my argument is that everyone's African, right? So no, I mean, for example, but, but like, I mean, from recent times, like they there were Europeans around already at that time, and then but the first true sail- sailors of the world were not the Europeans as we thought they were. That actually Africans had done it before them. So Africans had landed in South America before Columbus did. Yeah, to say that Africans are less less uh, developed, right? Um, I don't know if that's true. Like, we can take maybe the last thousand years or two thousand years for that to be true, but humans, like, have existed way longer, right? So they could have been ahead three thousand years ago. Yeah, they could have been ahead. I think Africa was ahead at first because everyone who was, like, skillful enough to survive outside of the continent was probably, was African, right? No, but that could have been hundreds of thousands of years ago. I'm saying in recent history. So, I don't know if you guys know about Graham Hancock, but he's basically said that the way that we thought think thought about civilization that it's only five thousand or six thousand years ago may not be true. That it could be actually way older than that. And what had happened is that the Ice Age had basically destroyed civilization, and we had to start again. Yeah, let's try to wrap it up then. So, in terms of Black Lives Matter, it seems that their demands are not realistic, and ultimately the movement is counterproductive to um, the progression of black people in the West. That's my opinion. And I want to finish a point and then I want to have James and Jeff share their opinion. And actually, I want Lee to share their opinion. I think that we're too focused on groups at the moment. Yeah, but just let me just finish. Um, I think people are too focused on groups at the moment. And the one thing that I have learned from in China is that people in China, they don't blame society for what is happening to them. The one thing that I've learned from China is that people here don't blame society for what's happening to them, even though there are societal pressures that means that they probably never in life can get ahead. They basically blame themselves. They take that responsibility. Like China needs some we should take all the Black Lives Matter people and stick them in China. Sounds <laughs> yeah. like they need some rioting. <laughs> yeah, and they take their responsibility for themselves, whereas in Africa, it's the other way. I mean, not in Africa, in the States, it's the other way around. There's loads of these um, groups that say they've been, they're being marginalized from what other people have been doing to them. And there's a really interesting book, which is um, this book called Edge by Laura Huang. And she basically says that we're never going to be able to fight for the societal pressures that are against us. We just have to do the best we can with the, ha- with the hand that we're dealt with. 
and it is possible because many people have done it. And I don't think we're teaching our children in the West enough that if they work hard and work smartly, they can get ahead in life. And I think that's what we basically this have to do. This is a whole other podcast, Steve. Yeah, <laughs> but I think, a closing statement. But I think this is what people in the Black Lives Matter should be fighting for, which is that then there needs to be educational changes so that people know that even though they are dealt with a bad hand, that they can still achieve in life. Yeah, but I don't think they don't think that. So what I think is... Um, like black people have had a history of having to uh, take extreme actions and take to the streets and do all of these things, right, in order to get the same equality. And at the moment, they seem they seem to see that there's oppression, especially from the police. Uh, and I think there is evidence for it. Uh, we like we heard some evidence from Jeff, but I've seen evidence of like people just be, being fined for jaywalking or something like that. Um, and the stats show that it's uh, racially like um motivated so yeah at the end of the day jeff's evidence was against your point actually but yeah. jeff's evidence was actually against your point it was against the idea that yeah, yeah i know, and I know and I'm, I'm saying that i've seen evidence of it uh showing that it so some of it is racially motivated right okay. so but anyway so i just think like yeah it's co- it's good to shout and it's good to um try to fight for the rights that you think you deserve but you need to come up with proper solutions you need to be like uh, you need to give very specific demands on how to solve it rather than something that generic uh, as to like just taking funding from the police and putting it in black communities. Um, yeah, so that's my view of it. Like, I think it's right to fight for your rights because if no one does that, then uh, like black people will still be oppressed like much more heavily, right, than before. So it's yeah. good to do it, but just know exactly what you're asking for and have a plan for it. And, uh, and then that will make it easier for whoever's looking after these systems to see it. And it's like, it's your job to show the rest of the world that the system is like wrong, right? It's not, you can't just say it's wrong and then expect everyone else to try and fix it for you. Um, cause no one else is going to have the same drive to do that. Okay. So, uh, my opinion, my opinion is, um, that. You can't stop violence with violence and you can't stop discrimination with discrimination. So whatever solutions we bring to the table cannot marginalize another group just because they've got privilege, whether they're white or police or whatever privilege they may have. You cannot use that as a reason to discriminate against them because uh, your group has been marginalized because that will only create more hatred and more division. And that's the opposite of what we want to actually bring people together and stop oppression and stop marginalization and stop discrimination. Um, okay, perfect. Thank you all for listening and we'll see you all next episode. Bye guys. Cheers. See you. Bye. Bye. That's all we have for this episode. Please follow me on Twitter at Yishontio. That's Y-I-E-S-E-A-N-T-E-O-H. If you would like to support the show in any way, for those outside of China, you can donate money at paypal.me forward slash Y-I-E-S-E-A-N-T-E-O-H or subscribe to me on Patreon. All the details are in the show notes below. For those inside of China, you can donate by scanning my Weixin or Zhifubao QR codes below. Thank you so much for listening and we hope to see you all next episode. And we also have a new Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Chuan Chuan Podcast. So please like and follow me there.